Just around the corner from the Alpine Inn and down the road from Tussie's, this is Pacific Street Blues broadcasting across western Iowa and eastern Nebraska for 32 years, trying to bring you the best in blues. This week, this is a special week. We're going to tell the story of Buddy Guy, and we're going to take three hours to do it. Now, don't worry. I mean, you know, can't get any better than Buddy Guy, but we've got lots of artists to tell that story. So hang with us as we go about the process. It's going to be a fun show today. Of course, Buddy Guy came from down in Louisiana. Leffitt, I believe, is the enunciation of uh, where he came from. And he ends up in Chicago in 1957. And, of course, he's broke. He's looking for friends. And, most importantly, he's looking to make some music. Well, eventually, he accomplishes all. But in this first set of music, we're going to take a look at some of the artists that were also appearing at Chicago at that time. And in his bibliography, in his biography, rather, uh, Buddy Guy's going to talk about the great players and doesn't list himself, but we're going to include him in this set of music. But uh, we just heard from Freddie King, Have You Ever Loved a Woman? Of course, Eric Clapton made a career playing that song. And then Magic Sam, the classic Magic Sam with all your love. I'm going to hear also from Otis Rush and Jimmy Reed right here as we continue and tell the story of Buddy Guy. Thank you. 
when Buddy gets into Chicago, he go, comes in on the train, and he's kind of green and naive. In Bright Lights, Big City, his idol, Jimmy Reed, wrote that song and said this. Got all, folks. That's a little bit from Jimmy Reed that appears on the original version of the song, Bright Lights, Big City, at the end of it. Kind of an interesting little thing. Well, those are some of the people that influenced him. Freddie King, Magic Sam, Otis Rush, and Jimmy Reed. But when he gets there, there's going to be other influences like Earl Hooker. Or the guy that he picks his style from when he plays live, T-Bone Walker. Of course, T-Bone Walker is going to go on and influence Guitar Slim, Buddy's direct mentor. Buddy, Jimi Hendrix, Stevie Ray Vaughan, and then Tomato Naji from Indigenous. They're all playing the way that T-Bone Walker used to play. We'll hear that when we come back in just a moment. They call it Stormy Monday But Tuesday's just as bad They call it Stormy Monday but Tuesday's just as bad Wednesday's worse And Thursday's also sad Yes, the eagle flies on Friday and Saturday I go out to play Eagle flies on Friday And Saturday I go out to play Sunday I go to church then I kneel down and pray Thank you. 
Now, when Buddy Guy comes to Chicago, he's young. He's just starting out. He doesn't know anybody. He's from a small town in Louisiana, and he goes up north and taking a shot. It's called the Blue Highway when African Americans move to the industrial north to, number one, kind of escape the deep racism that they had in the South, but also to have jobs and opportunities and a little more freedom than they maybe had in the rural South. Buddy Guy goes there, and as he's beginning to acclimate, of course, Chess Records is pretty popular, and they're, they're the big boys, right? You've got Muddy Waters, Howlin' Wolf, Willie Dixon, Little Walter. That's kind of the stable of stars, and they're all in Chicago, so he's going to run into all of them and play with them at one time or another. In fact, he's going to play on all those guys' records at one time or another. But the technology is just beginning to hit, and on this track, Wah Wah Pedal, or Wah Wah Blues, rather, by Earl Hook, is influential on Buddy because it allows him to create sounds that other guitar players aren't using yet. In fact, he's way off the chart with distortion and other things long before the rock and roll guys got to it, but they wouldn't let him play it on chess records. In fact, they discouraged him from doing that, and eventually he'd come around back to it because all the English guys were doing it. We also heard from T-Bone Walker there, uh, Stormy Monday Blues, a song made popular for most of us by the band uh, The Almond Brothers. But T-Bone Walker is kind of influential because of his antics on stage. He's going to play the guitar behind his back, behind his head, between his legs. He's going to have pelvic thrusts. He's just going to really tear it up. So you've got kind of this influence of T-Bone Walker on Guitar Slim, who influences Buddy Guy, who influences Jimi Hendrix, who influences Stevie Ray Vaughan, and who influences Matona from the band Indigenous. So you can kind of see the direct lineage there from T-Bone Walker to bars in our own neighborhood. But Buddy Guy is going to be an instrumental part of that. In fact, he's going to have a 30-foot and 150-foot cord so he can start his show outside the bar and walk in. Now, he's going to struggle for a very long time. In fact, I can remember that when we began the show, he would play the ranch bowl. And I can remember Scott Holt playing with him and being kind of frustrated because Buddy would stop in the middle of a solo and say, well, John Lee Hooker would play it this way. B.B. King would play it that way. And, you know, I get it, but I want to see Buddy Guy, right? Well, on this next track, John Lee Hooker, he plays with one of the greats. And Buddy Guy is going to be on this track with John Lee. It's called Motor City Burning. It's about the riots up in Detroit. And we're also going to hear from Sonny Boy Williamson, who... Buddy Guy writes about in his books, not a big fan of Sonny Boy, but recognizes the incredible talent of the harmonica player, Sonny Boy Williamson II. Johnny can do. My hometown's running down to the ground. West and fear now. Well, it started on 12 and clear about that morning. I just don't know what it's all about. Well, it started on 12 and clear about that morning. I don't know what it's all about The fire wagon kept coming The sniper just wouldn't let him put it out Fire bomb busting all around me 
and soldiers everywhere. Oh, fire bombs falling all around me, and soldiers standing everywhere. I could hear the people screaming, sorrowing, fill the air. Don't know what the trouble is I chased it around to find it out I don't know, I don't know what the trouble is this morning I just chased it around to find it out Taking my wife and my family And little Johnny Lee's curtain down It is burning Anything that I can do Oh, the motor city is burning Anything that I can do I just hope people It'll never happen to you Yes, yes. I can hear the farmer. He said, let's get out of here. Baby.
Music there from Sonny Boy Williamson II. His original name was Rice Miller, but he uh, mimicked the original Sonny Boy Williamson and became kind of famous, particularly in Chicago, uh, for his harmonica playing. We also heard uh, Buddy Guy appearing on a John Lee Hooker track there called Detroit is Burning or The City is Burning. And uh, to my knowledge, that's the only song that uh, John Lee and Buddy recorded together but they toured a lot together and they knew each other really well and if you ever get a chance to read the bibliography i didn't realize this john lee stuttered real bad and so buddy guy is uh going to take that and john lee was not a great guy right he was a kind of a you know an ornery fella and so he's going to tell a lot of stories and he's going to use that stuttering to emphasize some of the more comical moments that they had together they were really good friends evidently but a bit of a stinker there uh john lee well of course buddy guy's going to be in town and uh that show will be at the holland on uh, may 11th but uh, we're taking a look at uh, the music of Buddy Guy, the history of Buddy Guy today. I hope you enjoy it, and we'll be right back with more. But we're taking a look at Buddy Guy, and we're going to take a look at his early recording career. No, it was not with Chess Records. Willie Dixon got mad at Chess Records and went over to Cobra and grabbed some people along the way, including Otis Rush and Buddy Guy. And that's where he's going to begin his recording career. Will you be my baby when I step down? 
music there from Ike of Ike and Tina Turner fame and his band, the Rhythm Kings, Kings of Rhythm. But it features Buddy Guy, and so they're going to record together on the Cobra record label. Now, it's going to get a little complicated here, but Willie Dixon is the guy that signs all the bands and writes all the songs for chess records, gets in a bit of a fight, goes over and joins the Cobra recording team, and he's going to sign and bring some artists with him, including a very young Buddy Guy. In fact, that's where Buddy Guy's first recordings are going to occur, Magic Sam Otis Rush, Ike Turner, and Willie Dixon. Not a bad lineup. The best blues writer of the 20th century by far, Willie Dixon. Well, you got a good thing going. Well, Turner's going to get together and kind of take Buddy Guy under his wing and kind of show him how to move around in the studio and make music, which is kind of cool. So he begins on Cobra. Then he's going to jump over to Chess Records, which we're going to hear from him in the first time I met the Blues, an early and very famous chess recording by Buddy Guy. And then he's going to go over to Delmark Records, where he's going to hook up with uh, Junior Wells, his longtime musical partner, and they're going to do the title track for a very famous album called Hoodoo Man Blues. Now, an interesting story that Buddy Guy tells is that Junior Wells thought he was the heir apparent the guy that was better than James Brown. In fact, in the song Snatch It Back and Hold It from the Hoodoo Man Blues album, he's going to say, I ain't got no uh, brand new bag. Uh, of course, a reference we know now where what that's a reference for. So let's hear some music. Let's hear from Hoodoo Man Blues featuring Junior Wells and then also First Time I Met the Blues. Lord, I wonder what's got the matter. A time over time. It seemed like the hours. Everything and change, but I hold up my hand. Lord, I'm trying to make you understand. Lord, you know what? Everybody, they tell me. 
somebody learn who do the who do man. Now you know I I buzzed your bell this morning, baby. I had your elevator running slow. I buzzed your bell, little girl, take my phone up a third floor, but I hold on my hand. Let me try to make you understand. Lord, you know what they tell the baby. There's somebody on who do the who do man. <laughs> Look at him, baby. I tell you this time, baby, and I ain't gonna tell you no more. The next time I tell you, I have to I let you go, but I hold up my hand. Lord, I'm trying to make her understand. Lord, you know everybody, they tell me. Somebody on who do the who do man.
some of the earliest recordings of the legendary figure buddy guy. And since I brought it up and I have time to play it, I'm going to play that track for you, snatch it back and hold it. And you'll hear the James Brown kind of vibe and the sort of diss that uh, Junior Wells is going to throw in there saying, I ain't got no brand new bag. So you'll hear that clearly, and now you know where it's coming from. One of the famous, most famous blues albums, particularly the early uh, recording period in the 1960s. Snatch it back and hold Baby, one more time I ain't doing too bad, baby I got you on my mind Hey, 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 hey Having a done good time. Somebody help me. I can't help myself. Somebody got to help me. Cause I can't help myself. I'm not doing too bad, baby. You know I ain't got no brand new band.
Yeah, your mother and your father I once was a schoolboy too Sometime I don't know what Sometime I don't know what A woman what in this world A woman what in this world I wanna hurt your feeling I either get mad with you
So when Buddy Guy goes over to Chess Records, Leonard Chess, there's two brothers, Leonard and Phil, Leonard won't let him record. In fact, he calls Buddy Guy's guitar playing noise. But when Muddy Waters brings him in to play on the Folk Singer album, which is the first track we heard on this set of music, Good Morning Little Schoolgirl, it's an acoustic blues record. In fact, the band, for the most part, is a Buddy Guy, Willie Dixon, and a guy named Clifton James on drums with a lot of uh, piano uh, by Otis Spann as well. And they kind of realize uh, this guy's got a little more talent than we thought. But here's an interesting story is eventually the Chess Brothers realized that Buddy was onto something a long time before the British blues guys came along with fuzz boxes and distortion and everything. And so he calls Leonard, calls Buddy into the office, and Buddy's not really sure what's going on the way he tells the story in his book. And basically he is, and this is the foundation for the scene with Artie Flufkin in the movie Spinal Tap where Leonard Chess bends over and he says, kick me in the ass, kick me where it hurts, uh, because I was so wrong about your guitar playing being noise, and he apologizes to Buddy Guy because he was wrong, and all these English guys like Clapton and Beck and everybody else, Jimmy Page came along and stole the sound that Buddy Guy had been working on for some time and recorded with on different labels. And so when you see that scene in Spinal Tap, where Artie Flufkin, and he's played by the keyboard player that was on the Letterman show, Paul Schaefer, says, kick me in the butt, kick me in the butt. That's not exactly what he says, but you get my point. That's actually Leonard Chess and Buddy Guy, just so you know. So Buddy Guy eventually becomes kind of a record producer as well. They're doing a session with Coco Taylor, and they're trying to figure out how to make the magic happen, and it's just not happening. And so uh, Willie Dixon kind of steps out of the way and says to Buddy, you produce this record, and he does, and it's called Wang Dang Doodle, which we're going to hear in a minute. He also played with Howlin' Wolf on Killin' Floor and quite a few of Howlin' Wolf's tracks, and considering that Howlin' Wolf had Hubert Sumlin on his side, that's an interesting accolade there. Also, he's going to play with Willie Dixon. Of course, Willie Dixon, as we heard on our previous podcast of over four and a half hours long of songs written by Buddy Guy that classic rock artists had covered, prolific, prolific player, uses Buddy Guy in the session. In fact, Willie Dixon is kind of the guy that's responsible for ever getting Buddy Guy a recording contract when he grabs him and takes him over to Cobra Records to start that career.
So, Buddy Guy, over at Chess Records, records with all of his heroes. Muddy Waters, Coco Taylor, Howlin' Wolf, Willie Dixon, Little Walter. He records with all of them. But what's interesting about Buddy Guy is that's a trait that he's going to continue throughout his career by inviting other artists or appearing on their records and playing with them. People like Eric Clapton, the Rolling Stones, the Jay Giles Band, Joe Bonamassa, uh, you name it, he's Aerosmith, Jeff Beck, Keith Richards, he's played with them and collaborated with them. So interesting stuff. Yes, I says I'm going back down south. 
even while the weather suits my clothes. Y'all should not have played around in these big cities so long, man. Either you're going to lose your mind Y'all just said, woman, you must be stoned down crazy Either you're going to lose your mind
So we're kind of in the golden period of Buddy Guy. He's not really a famous guy yet, though, in this point of his career. A couple of tracks there called uh, Stone Crazy, which was a title track for an album. And then When My Left Eye Jumps. Now, among the true Buddy Guy aficionados, these are classic tracks. But he's not going to really break out until he kind of 
begins to resurface out on the Silvertone recording label. He's going to join that label when he's over touring Europe with some artists and get signed, and they really begin to make an effort for him. And that's probably in the early 90s, maybe the late 80s. But uh, again, we've been doing this show and uh, uh, for 32 years now, so it's within probably the last 30 years that his career has really, really taken off. But these two are classic tracks, Stone Crazy and When My Left Eye Jumps. Now, one other thing about Buddy Guy, of course, as we mentioned earlier, he'll collaborate with just about anybody. And uh, there's a portion of the book, I've only read one of his two books, but there's a portion of the book where uh, the blues guys, after the Beatles come over, man, they are just broke. Uh, there's just nobody interested. African Americans are walking away from the sound. They're looking at different sounds, and Motown has taken off, and they're just trying to figure out how ends meet. And they begin to notice a guy named Dick Waterman, who famously uh, begins to pick up all these uh, black blues artists and begins to work with their careers because Waterman notices something. There's a blues revival going on among white college kids, particularly in Chicago, among a guy with a guy named Mike Bloomfield and others. And Buddy talks about in his book some of the earliest whites that he met, that he remembered visiting the south side of Chicago and the west side of Chicago to see him play, was Paul Butterfield, who goes on to form the Paul Butterfield Blues Band, which features guys like Mike Bloomfield. And also, uh, I fooled around and fell in love. Yeah. Elvin Bishop, and so Mark Naftalin. These guys are going to be in a classic band, and so uh, he remembers that. And then also, in the more modern era, he's going to influence Stevie Ray Vaughan, and we'll talk about that in depth later. So let's hear some music from Paul Butterfield and Mike Bloomfield, as well as Joe Bonamassa covering the old Buddy Guy track, Man of Many Words. Yeah. 
you down in my deal that I swear that you never heard. I'm rap strong and I know rap long. Come on, mama, let me turn you on. Turn you on. 